G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. It's my privilege to have a chat with a good buddy of mine, Charles Newington. Charles is the National Director for Family Voice Australia and we've been good friends for a number of years. How are you doing, Charles? Yeah, I'm great, thanks, Matt. Nice to, nice to be talking to you today. It's great to connect with you, mate, and uh, I really just want to firstly say at the outset, you know, I've been a pastor for about 12 years and working in the radio for a while, and uh, I often look to other great men of God and pastors and learn a lot from them, and uh, your church, Cornerstone Church, where you used to be based, has always been a great encouragement to me, and uh, we used to have a combined youth group together many years ago, and uh, you've always been a great encourager, Charles, so I just firstly wanted to honour you and say welcome to the program, mate. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. (laughs) Now, for those who don't know about uh, your new role at Family Voice Australia, tell us what your role is there, mate. Uh, I'm the national director, which means I'm the kind of national spokesperson on the concerns that we have. Our particular concerns are the family uh, and and the impact of um, social policy in governments and also, of course, social trends upon the family unit. And I think you'd agree that probably over recent years there's been less focus upon the family and more on the individual. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes that has a, an impact because individuals are not just disconnected. We're all keyed into families, and families are so very important to the well-being of a nation. Mm, absolutely. Well, I've certainly appreciated the Ministry of Family Voice for a number of years. I uh, had the privilege of speaking at one of their events uh, a few years ago and meeting a whole bunch of the supporters. Uh, And uh, I know all across Australia there's many people that are so passionate to stand up for righteousness and truth and justice in our nation. And uh, let's talk about uh, some of the topics of the day, Charles. It certainly has been a roller coaster ride in Canberra recently. Uh, There's been lots of articles published about the new Pentecostal Prime Minister, and uh, there's uh, been lots of positive things said and a whole bunch of negative things said about uh, ScoMo, Scott Morrison, our new Prime Minister. Um, There's been a a lot of uh, people, a lot of Christians certainly been praying and uh, excited about the fact that we have our first ever Pentecostal Prime Minister. What are are your thoughts on the, uh, the latest happenings in Canberra, Charles? Well, it is uh, remarkable. It's such a remarkable turn of events, isn't it? You know that um, you know he's non-aligned. He he wasn't in either the conservative or the uh, or the um, moderate camp necessarily. He was just sort of um, the, out there, <laughs> just <laughs> watching how things happened. And the way that he came through to become the prime minister is quite remarkable. And I think that um, um, you know the task is huge. It, it's absolutely huge. And I think that. Um, uh, Christians, particularly Pentecostals, you know, are still sort of a, a bit amazed at the way things have happened. And um, I think we have to be very conscious of the fact that he is the prime minister for everybody. He's mm-hmm. not. Um, he's not just the, the prime minister for his tribe or his clan or whatever. Mm. But uh, you know, the whole nation expects him to have a kind of an objectivity and a capacity to relate to people of every different kind of cultural background, religious orientation, and all that sort of thing. And that's got its challenges. 
Well, it's certainly been fascinating to see how he uh, came to be PM. Uh, I, I've often thought it was a, a little bit like Stephen Bradbury winning the gold medal in the, in the ice skating. <laughs> uh, you know, there was Julie That's Bishop. Still, and Stephen Bradbury still got that surprise look on his face, didn't he? <laughs> uh, yeah, they all went for the gold, and, and he was the one that made it across the line. Uh, but, you know, the, the truth is it is God who raises up people for such a time as this. And uh, we, we need to be praying for him. And also we have a, a Jewish uh, deputy prime yeah. minister. Uh, it's just fascinating um, to see the combination of the new generation of political leaders. Uh, Charles, uh, I know Family Voice is very passionate about prayer. What's your advice about how we can pray for our new PM and deputy PM? Well, I always think that it's important to stress that prayer is not so much talking but listening. Mm. And uh, it's uh, listening to God and listening to what's going on in the nation. And these things inform us when we come to God. And uh, really, we are children in these things. We don't know the end from the beginning, but God does. And uh, we, I think, well, this is my experience that, uh, anyway, that I've learned to to listen more for God. But you come, you know, with a basket full of, uh, of concerns and interests, don't you, when you come to God in prayer? And uh, you, you kind of lay that basket down at the feet of the king and let him... Let him talk to your heart. So I don't think there's any real um, uh, kind of easy uh, answer to this. I mean, there are the obvious things. He needs wisdom. He needs immense wisdom. He needs. I was just thinking about that story about Solomon. You know, that's the renowned for his wisdom. And there are certainly going to be all kinds of conundrums that are going to come up. And uh, I think those of us that do attend to God, we we find ourselves often in situations for which, you know, we're, we're just not equipped. We, we're out of our depth, but as we quieten our hearts, he begins to guide us, and that's what I would encourage us to pray for him. It's an, an, I remember some years ago that I was a, I had a personal friend who was elevated to high office, and um, he was compl- he was overwhelmed at the uh, at the demands of it. There's 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 demands to the position that uh, that Scott Morrison has assumed that you just don't know until you're in that role, and uh, and it, there's no free money out there. There's no captain's calls. I think you know it's it's not an easy task. It's not as if he's his own man all the time or at any time. But in every situation, there are competing lobbies and interests, and they're deeply invested, and he has to walk a very careful line in order to carry the country with him. Mm, absolutely. So he, needs, he needs great wisdom, and, and he, needs, uh, he needs a lot of people who'll be, who will not, com- not participate in the, in the sniping, you know, in the, in the kind of small-minded sniping. He needs the media to recognize that the country is in a very serious situation, and it needs a kind of a unity front. You know, it needs a kind of a mindset that says, let's fix this together and not be constantly um, looking for the, the, the opportunities to take a cheap shot. Mm, absolutely. And I was chatting to uh, Warwick Marsh uh, from the Canberra Declaration earlier this morning, and uh, he was saying to me that a lot of people are uh, you know, going to be praying and fasting for our Prime Minister and uh, for our nation. And, and particularly for the uh, the abortion debate in Queensland, which we can chat about shortly. But uh, he also said that a lot of people are going back to Scott Morrison's maiden speech. Uh, I'll just quote a little bit of it for you, Charles, uh, for us to discuss. I love what he says here. He says, for me, my faith is personal. Scott Morrison said, but the implications are social, as personal and social responsibility are at the heart of the Christian message. 
He said, in recent times, it's become fashionable to negatively stereotype those who profess their Christian faith in public and to call them extreme and to success, uh, suggest that such faith has no place in political debate of this country. He says, this presents a significant challenge for those of us like my colleagues who are Christians who seek to follow the example of William Wilberforce or Desmond Tutu, just to name two. He says, these leaders stood for the immutable truths and principles of the Christian faith. They transformed their nations and indeed the world in the process. I just love the fact that in uh, his maiden speech, he was very bold about his Christian faith. Yet, yeah. in- interestingly, Charles, we, we never hear him speak that much about it since then because I think he probably had to just play his cards close to his chest while he was uh, under Malcolm Turnbull's leadership. Do you think he might be a bit more bold now or do you think he'll keep his cards close to his chest? Well, I think it's not so much keeping his cards close to his chest as uh, recognising that um, um, part of the complex task of unity is um, is is not to be constantly um, voicing one's um, distinctives, mm. the things that separate you from other people, but to try to focus upon the things that unite us as yes. a nation. And, um, you know, this is the challenge of politics, is that uh, politics is, uh, is the art or science of compromise, in that there's, there's, there, are, there are so many competing interests and lobby groups in, in a country like ours. And, um, and he has to, as guided by his, his Christian faith and ethic, he's going to deal fairly with people, uh, uh, but at the same time, he has to recognise that, that there are going to be some boundaries that he will he will he will get close to that that will make him a little bit uncomfortable. Mm. Uh, and I think we you, you know again I I encourage us not to make too big a thing of it um, uh, uh, because uh, making a big thing of it actually then makes a big thing of it yeah. when when uh, what he needs is he needs to know that he has the support of the of the whole community as, mm. as much as is possible and i think as a just and a fair man i was interested by um um the, some of the comments when he was first uh, appointed but one by um 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 uh, uh, I've forgotten his name at the moment, but it come to me. He he made the observation that um, he he knows that uh, that Scott is not just a good mind, but he's a man of a heart. He's mm-hmm. got a heart, and um, I think that that will be evident in him. That and people will appreciate that about him. That he's not coming uh, to that. The, for instance, the many social challenges of our country. He's not coming to them in a kind of a detached. Uh, functionary way, but uh, but he's conscious of the fact that this is human beings' lives we're talking about. This is families we're talking about, and uh, the task of government is to build uh, a just and free society for all, and especially families. Mm. Well, it was interesting. I actually interviewed uh, Jason Stevens, the NRL footy player, the other day, uh, who also mm. goes to Horizon Church in Sydney, yeah. and uh, was yeah. sharing about Mike Murphy, their previous senior yeah. pastor and their new pastor. It's amazing uh, how a good, healthy church can raise up amazing people who are in the media, who are now in politics, who are reaching the world. And, uh, yeah, so let's continue to pray for our 30th Prime Minister. It's a significant number, number 30, uh, Scott Morrison. Uh, wonderful yeah. to get your, your commentary on that, uh, Charles. Now, let's talk uh, briefly about the March for Life in Brisbane coming up this Saturday. And, yeah. uh, there are, you know, uh, shortly uh, in the program, we're going to be opening the phone lines. We've got Tishan Johnson from Cherish Life Queensland as our guest in the studio. Uh, we're going to be chatting a lot about this throughout the day. Uh, it's interesting, 
You know, the Labor government's bill to decriminalise abortion in Queensland, it is uh, looking likely that it might go ahead unless there is a miracle. Charles, what's your thoughts on uh, what's happening in Queensland right now with abortion? Yes, it's um, um, it's not an easy thing to to address uh, because um, you know there are some things uh, for Christians that we that we find very difficult. Firstly, you know, for us, the, the life of the child is is an absolute priority, and uh, we we know uh, not just ideologically, but we know scientifically that we're not talking about um, you know the product of um, conception or a fetus, some some depersonalized um, thing. We're talking about a little person. And um, uh, and when I've been reading the explanatory notes to the bill, it's, it's very much focused upon the woman's rights and interests, and there's hardly any interest at all in the in the rights of the child. And I think that that's a that's a very uh, sad commentary on us uh, as a, as a state if we think that um the 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 child is almost unimportant in this in this matter mm. so there's things like um you know um uh, no protection for ch- uh, children that, that might survive uh, an abortion. I mm. mean, we know that happened in Western Australia. There was, you know, a right to information um, inquiry into that, and we discovered that 25 children had survived uh, 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 the abortion process and were left to die. Um, and, uh, you know, these sorts of things, this, this dehumanizes a society. Mm. You know, we may not know that it's happening. It might be happening in the privacy of a hospital, but when it comes out, it, you know, it, it, it becomes part of our, all of our story. And um, it's, it's not something that we as a nation should, uh, should be proud of. It's not something we should think of as, as the future of our nation, what the kind of nation we want to be a part of. So I think that these issues need care. And the other great thing is that um, sex selection, you know, the, up to 22 weeks, um, it's just uh, abortion on demand, on request. I use the word on request. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, um, so for any or every reason, it could be sex selection. Some people are going to, as we know, I was talking to somebody who's a medical doctor and he's, um, you know, from another ethnic background. He's not an uh, Anglo uh, bloke. He's from Asia. And he was making the observation that some cultures, it's normal for them to prefer a boy over a girl, you know? And so they, they, they could make full use of that. But other societies, other segments of society might prefer a girl over a boy for different reasons. And, um, this, look at what that's doing to how we view uh, the process of parenting and having children, that we feel that the sex of the child is more important um, than the life of the child. Mm. And, uh, you know, these, these, things, uh, these things are, uh, you know, they confront uh, those of us that, that, um, that believe in the sanctity of, of life, you know, the, the sacredness of a, of a human life. I just wanted to read this um, uh, this comment actually from me. This is a uh, I've been reading a fantastic book by a guy called Os Guinness, and he quotes C. M. Joad, who was a philosopher some time ago, and he he and the words to this effect that people are people even if their lives are transitory, mm. and though they may not be immortal, it is nonetheless the work of government to treat them as if they were. Mm. 
You know, he's saying we have to regard every human life as if it is immortal. Mm. Once we think of people as just once they're dead, they're dead. Once we think of them as that, it changes the whole basis of law and uh, uh, and uh, of, uh, of how we will view human life, and we have to include that. Art, that comment was being written about euthanasia, actually, but it it applies equally as much to children. You know, children are people, even if their lives are transitory, and even if they're 22 weeks, you know, mm. if they're 12 days, that they, they may be transitory. They may only live for a while, but we must, nevertheless, as a society, regard them as immortal. Uh, because that's the basis by which we set their value. That's so true. That's so well said, Charles. Uh, it's wonderful to be able to catch up with you today and uh, talk about uh, our new uh, Christian PM, talk about the uh, the pro-life message. And I know there are many other topics uh, that uh, Family Voice Australia speaks up about. Thank you for what you and your wonderful organisation are doing. If people want to find out more about Family Voice Australia, the website is fava.org.au. Family Voice Australia, you can search fava.org.au and uh, I, I often get your uh, emails and updates uh, keeping us informed about uh, what's happening in the world from a Christian worldview. Thank you for what you're doing, Charles. Great to talk to you today. God bless. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's good to be of service. Thank you for the opportunity. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.